an environmental group that has campaigned against pollution from what it calls large factory farms, says we should also be concerned about the health and the care of the animals. Good morning. I'm London Mitchell, and we are staying in contact. The environmental group says animals are often being held in holding crates that have been banned. It is an accusation that has been filed with the Ohio Department of Agriculture Animal Health Division. My guest this morning is Mike Ferner, who speaks on behalf of Lake Erie Advocates. And our focus has always been uh, on the lake. We uh, consciously avoided, uh, for the first few years, saying anything um, about the conditions for the animals because we wanted to focus on the what was happening to the lake from the runoff from these uh, animal factories. And uh, we didn't want to get into the debate with people about, oh, you know, you're trying to tell us what to eat or trying to make everybody vegan. So we sort of stayed away from that. But the more um, our group, um, and this really was a concern of the whole group, um, the more we looked into this and got more familiar with how these things operate, the more concerned people got uh, about the conditions for the animals. And last uh, summer, uh, we started this billboard campaign, and that was the first time that we publicly came out and said that uh, this industry just can't be fixed, whether it's for the environment or for the animals. It's just, it, it, it's problematic at its core. And when we put those billboards out, we, uh, for the first time publicly, we had an image uh, about the lake, and we had an image about the animals condition. And uh, we said, ban factory farms. And that got one of our members seriously thinking about it. Um, her main, she had been active with us, but her main concern had been animal welfare. And she said, when, when we took that position, she decided to really uh, dig into it and, and see what we could do about it. Uh, and she happens to be an amazing researcher. When she gets onto something, uh, she's like a terrier. You know, she just does not give up. She spent over six months um, researching and writing a 35-page complaint with 14 appendices that we sent to the uh, a division of the Ohio Department of Agriculture. It's called the Livestock Care Standards Board, and they meet quarterly, and they're supposed to uh, uh, monitor uh, humane conditions for the animals on these uh, factory farms. Um, and in her research, uh, uh, as she started doing that, she uh, saw a video that the Ohio Pork Council, it's one of the many lobbying groups for, for factory farms, uh, she saw a video that they put out that was shown to middle and high school students across Ohio. And it was uh, a, a look at a model factory farm for pigs <clears throat> and in this video uh she saw what she what she believed to be um gestation crates i'm london mitchell a rather controversial topic this morning the welfare of animals on large factory farms we're talking with spokesman mike ferner who says the group lake erie advocates took their concerns about animals being confined to holding crates to the Ohio Department of Agriculture. 
imagine this if you can a 600 pound pig in other words three very big human adults uh in a, a crate or a cage the size of a refrigerator and they stay in those things their entire lives they get impregnated so they have piglets and every uh, they, they're supposed to give birth to uh, another litter every five months. And as soon as they have the litter, they impregnate them again. And they stay in these things until they're, they're dead, until they slaughter them. Um, and it's, you know, it's just part of how uh, factory farms work. They do the same thing with chickens and cows and everything. You know, they, they figure out how to grow the biggest ones and the most uh the biggest litters for pigs and uh, they just burn them out so anyway um these gestation crates were banned by ohio law and the ones that were shown in this video that the pork council did uh, appeared to be the kind that were illegal and so she filed a complaint but not just saying there's these illegal what are called gestation crates um, she researched a whole lot about what's going on with pigs, uh, their, you know, how they're supposed to live, what kind of behaviors they have if they're not uh, hemmed up in these little things, and um, just wrote this amazing, um, like I said, 34-page complaint that's got about uh, four or five pages of uh, footnotes and documentation on it and um, sent it to the Livestock Care Standards Board. Uh, they meet, uh, their, their headquarters is in the uh, Department of Agriculture building, which is in Reynoldsburg, just east of Columbus. And um, they have quarterly meetings and the complaint was filed with them about 10 days ago. And earlier this week, we went uh, to their quarterly meeting because that complaint was going to be on the agenda. As we stay in contact on Towpath Radio, my guest is Mike Ferner discussing a complaint filed with the Ohio Department of Agriculture's Livestock Care Standards Board about the use of gestation holding crates. These gestation crates, you know, be like putting three 200-pound people into a refrigerator, and, and you can't, obviously, you can't turn around, you can't get up, you can't do anything, except they get impregnated, have uh, piglets, and they get impregnated again. And uh, what happens is when they get out of the, if they ever get out of these gestation crates, um, they, it's, it's just part of an industry that's just incredible. They have been bred over the years. They've been bred to eat as much as possible. So they get fat as quickly as possible. And what that means is that uh, in order to uh, change their eating habits to that extent, they get more aggressive. And so when they're in a group, um, they have to cut off their tails because they'll start biting each other's tails and just displaying all these aggressive behaviors that are uh, not comfortable, I'm sure. So what, what happened in the case of uh, Peggy's complaint on these gestation crates was they had a type in this, in this video, uh, it was Kalmbach uh, Feeds, that was the company that owned the animal factory. They had a, a type of gestation crate that was open at the back. 
so instead of locking them in front and back, they were they were the back of it was open. But what she saw in this video was that none of the animals, as the narrator was talking about what's going on, none of the animals moved out of those crates. And and so the pork council person and the then the uh, livestock care standards board ruling that there was no violation, the pork council person said, well, these kind of crates, these animals can get out. So that's, you know, that's not a violation. And that's why they said there was no violation, which technically is true. But the food that they're trained to eat is in the enclosure. So they're not likely to leave that food source. Yeah. In fact, they have uh, the enclosure. One end of the enclosure is up against the a wall or the, the closed end of the cage. And the other end where their head is, is right exactly at a trough where the food goes. And I've seen these uh, regulations and they say uh, these stalls have to be big enough that the, the sow uh, doesn't have to rest its head in the food trough. So I mean, that's the, the amount of room that we're talking about. And then what, what Peggy found out afterwards in doing some more research after the complaint was dismissed, she found out that, that because these animals are so aggressive because of the way they've been bred, um, that they don't want to get out of those gestation crates. So when they have a, the back end of it's open, hardly any of them leave because there's a social order that is, you know, pigs are very social animals. I mean, they're smart as dogs. And uh, there's a social order. And when you've got really aggressive sows, the, the less, you know, the more submissive ones don't want to take a chance. So anyway, I grew up working on farms and I know what they were like. And I know that nobody waited in line at the Kroger store for the next shipment of pork chops or the next shipment of milk. We fed people. And we did it in a way that did not destroy the environment and was a lot more humane for the animals. So it's possible to do, but this is the model that has been subsidized and uh, uh, fostered by the government. Mike Ferner is a spokesperson for Advocates for Lake Erie. The group has concerns about the use of gestation holding crates. As with everything, we need to be cognizant of what we're doing. It was, we we're talking about food. We need to be aware of what we're eating. We need to be aware, and more and more people are, uh, of what's in it. Where does it come from? And that's the only way this is going to change. I mean, a, a, a group like ours filing a complaint is not ever going to do anything. You know, it's not until people really start uh, being aware of how their food is produced. And then if they're concerned about what, they, what they've learned, making their voices heard because that's the only way this is going to, this is going to change. Let's, let's talk about that very thing about voices being heard. Now you and I have known each other for a long time and I've always known you to be an advocate for, for whether we're using nuclear power safe or veterans rights, uh, worker rights. Now we're, we're into the environment a person, one person uh, speaking out, I think can make a difference. Yeah, what we hope, those of us who uh, uh, 
make a lifetime of uh, examining things and speaking out, that's what we hope. Um, I think the reality is that uh, not nearly enough people do. So what we do is try to uh, explain what we've learned and hope that uh, it attracts people's attention and they <clears throat> they look into it for themselves and 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 hopefully say or do something about it if it if it concerns them too. But that's that's all you can do. And 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 again, getting back to the democracy thing. <clears throat> Think about this, and there's a, the end of this month, there's a democracy day coming up, uh, March 28th. Every year, uh, city council, Toledo city council has a hearing, uh, and it was, uh, created because 10,000 people signed petitions about five or six years ago and started and, and, uh, said, and it got on the ballot and it was passed that said that, uh, Toledo's going to have a democracy day. And we're going to talk about a variety of things, but primarily the role of corporations and how that um, reduces the ability of democracy to function. And that's coming up March 28th. Um, and the, the, my, my point here is that you've got um, constitutional protections for corporations. In other words, they have the, the same rights as people you know, the corporate personhood business that a lot of people have heard of. And what that means is a corporation has the protections, the same protections of the Bill of Rights and the other constitutional protections that people have. So regarding First Amendment, free speech, uh, corporations can spend all the money they want to, whether it's advertising or lobbying or buying politicians or uh, opposing uh, measures on the ballot. They can spend as much money as they want to. And so what is that? How does that affect the way we function? I mean, everything from what kind of health care we have to what happens to the animals that we raise, because the laws are so overwhelmingly influenced by the, the people and the corporations that have the money to do that, to have a constant presence in front of those lawmakers. My guest, Mike Ferner, representing Lake Erie Advocates. Some pretty controversial discussion this morning. I welcome your comments at my website, londonmitchell.news. And that's our program for this week. Please join me again next week at this same time on Topath Radio, when we will again be staying in contact.